today on It's Time. We are compelled by the Word of God to stay within the laws of the land. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the New Testament book of Acts. So follow along as we join Pastor Mike. you see and hear, but not only here in Ephesus. So this was widespread. And by the way, this is where this was going on. Now, remember, it was Paul's intent to move on and go to Jerusalem and then on to Rome. He was moved by the Spirit, whatever that might mean. We don't exactly know. I mean, we know what being moved by the Spirit is, but which Spirit was, his or God's. And what's important here is that He has every intention to leave, but before he gets to leave, this whole thing, this ordeal breaks out. So it says, not only this trade of ours is in danger of falling into disrepute. So let's look at this again here. He says, gods that are made with our our hands are not really gods. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes people, when they're blind, are sorely blind. If you would stop and listen, if you could stop and listen to what this guy said, if he could listen to himself, that the gods that we make with our hands are not gods, all of a sudden you would say, you know, they probably aren't. But we make our money by this. And so therefore, this is what motivates us to do what we do. Notice he says, so not only our money, first, we find that. Second of all, it says, this trade So it's not only our workmanship, our money, our trade as well. So these guys were merchandising, you might say, this temple ordeal that was going there in Ephesus. This trade of ours is the danger of falling into disrepute. But also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificence destroyed whom all of Asia and the world worship. Well, whom they used to worship anyway. You see, Paul was effective. And whenever you're effective in what you do for the kingdom of God, there is going to be an attack of the enemy. Get it, get it, get it. Because if you're successful in what God's called you to do, you're going to be attacked. That's just the way it works. Now, friends, I'd like to say it's not that way. You just better know it. And uh, I wish there was another way around that. Not this side of heaven, friends. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. And maybe it might not come all the time. There'll be respites of time, of peace in between sometimes. But remember, the battle's never done until we cross over into our heavenly home. Now, I know we all get tired at times. I know we all get frustrated. And we all just say, well, God, I just... ah." I believe the trials are what help cause us to reevaluate our priorities. 
You see, evidently, Demetrius, in his life, without God, just his priorities were his livelihood, his money. We know that his, his trade, and the very last thing, if you notice this, the very last thing that he mentions is, oh yeah, and by the way, uh, uh, Diana would, be, would fall in, um, well, she wouldn't be worshipped anymore. <laughs> wow. Well, so he's got his mob there, local silver makers, 101. And when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out saying, Great is Diana of, Epha- of the Ephesians. And so the whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the theater in one accord, having seized Gaius and Archistarchus, Macedonians, Paul's traveling companions. Now, Gaius, if you remember who he was in our study, he was Paul's host fam, uh, family. He was Paul's host when he was in Corinth. And Archistarchus was, you might, you might say, his host when he was in Rome and when he was in jail. Archistarchus was a real blessing to him. And so when they couldn't grab Paul, they grabbed them instead. Now remember, that's going to happen to us. When they can't grab Jesus, they're going to grab you. When they can't make fun of Jesus, they're going to make fun of you. That's just kind of the way it works, and so we have an issue here. And so it says, great is the Diana of the Ephesians. The whole city was filled with confusion. That's usually the way, that's a great description of a mob, isn't it? There's a big gang there. Nobody knows what exactly everybody's upset over, but we're all here. Well, it says here, And when Paul wanted to go into the people, the disciples would not allow him. This was probably a wise thing that his friends advised him on. You have an insane mob right now. Demetrius has whipped up the mob. Remember, he didn't go. Demetrius didn't go to the courts. He didn't go to a magistrate. What he did is he went to the mob and riled them up. Why did he do that? Because he really didn't have a case, did he? He even stated he didn't have a case. Saying that these gods we make with our hands are not gods. Yeah, that's a pretty weak case, I would say. So when you don't and you can't get it legally, you fake it. And that's exactly what he did. So he riled everybody up and they began to chant this. Paul was going to go out and try to calm him down. But his friend said, no, don't go out. You remember back in studying about King David. King David wanted to go out as well, and his friends kept him back and say, you're worth more to us than a couple of people. You stay here with us. Sometimes it's great to have, well, it's always great to have, but it's people that will stand in the gap for you. And so Gaius did that, and Archistarchus did that for Paul. And so it says, and the other Macedonians that were with them, Then some officials, some of the officials of Asia who were his friends sent to him pleading that he would not venture into the theater. Some therefore cried one thing and some cried another for the assembly was confused and most of them didn't even know why they'd come together. (laughs) That describes a riot, doesn't it? We're just here. You know, it's kind of funny. You see sometimes on TV, these guys that are protesting something 
And then it isn't long before they're throwing chairs through windows and looting and all that kind of stuff. And so really, the the original reason for the meeting was just, you might say, a front for what they really wanted to do, and that was to go out and pillage and destroy and things like that. Well, it says, Then they drew Alexander out of the multitude, and the Jews putting him forward, and Alexander motioned with his hand and wanted to make his defense to the people. But when they found out that he was a Jew, all with one voice they cried out, For two hours, great is Diana of the Ephesians. So kind of a wild mob, and for two hours, mindlessly chanting, Great is Diana, the God of the Ephesians. You have to look at this and realize that you're not dealing here with rational type people. But usually people in riots are not. Now, case in point, remember, be careful of ever allowing yourself to become part of a mob. Because real rationale and real truth somehow gets lost in the crowd. And so it tells us here, once they found out he was Jewish, they just went wild. It shows you, by the way, the prejudice that was against the Jews, even in this time. And when the city clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, Men of Ephesus, what man is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is the temple guardian of the great goddess Diana and the image of Zeus which fell down which uh, which fell down from Zeus. Uh, in fact, the, the rumor has it that they built this temple there because they found a statue. Uh, no one knows how it got there, so they just concluded it must have fell out of the sky. So let's build a temple here. Well, superstition reigns supreme sometimes, and you'll find that in false religions. Now remember, uh, we're not called to superstitions. We are called uh, by faith in Jesus Christ. You say, how is that important? Simply this. People a lot of times will get, even Christians will say, ooh, well, you know, today's Friday the 13th. Uh, has no effect on you and me. But for us as Christians, my, hand, my life is in the hands of God, not whether it's the 13th or the 15th or, you know, well, did you bring your lucky rabbit's foot today? And as I've shared before, remember, it wasn't lucky for the rabbit. So just so you remember that. So uh, when we understand that, I, I think that that puts us at peace to know that we're not bound by the traditions or the superstitions of men. And so the city clerk comes out. He tries to quiet the crowd down and he begins now to reason with them. And he says to them, Therefore, since these things cannot be denied, and again, what um, can, can't be denied? Well, that there was a statue and we built a temple around it, and Ephesus is the patron place of the goddess Diana. Therefore, and by the way, uh, his other name is Jupiter, so for those of you that like the more uh, Americanized version name. Verse 36, Therefore, since these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples nor blasphemers of your goddess. Therefore, if Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a case against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls or lawyers. Let them bring charges against one another. 
But if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly. Wow. So here it's saying that people that do these things sometimes are unlawful. But because there's a mob, they feel that they're right. So be careful of those kinds of things. And remember, you have wisdom from God to stand up against that. Somebody called every man an answer yesterday and asked the question. He had was wearing a button in a hospital, and the hospital told him he couldn't wear his buttons anymore, Jesus buttons, whatever they were. And my question was to him, well, do they allow anybody else to wear buttons? Well, if they did, then that would be an obvious act of discrimination. And so therefore, he would have some kind of, of uh, you might say, uh, an issue with either the owner of the hospital or the board of the hospital or with a lawyer that would go after them and prevent them from doing that. But if they said no buttons, nowhere, no time... Well, you have to comply because you're part of that. See, and this is the thing. Uh, if you're in a high school, for instance, and, uh, you know, they have Metallica and they have, you know, you know, a spike through a skull's head or something like that, and they can wear that into the classroom, but if you wear a T-shirt that says, uh, Jesus lives, and they tell you to take that off, that is full-on discrimination, and you can fight that. Because the thing is, if you're going to allow one thing, you have to allow the other thing. Now, Understanding that, that doesn't mean that I'm being persecuted if I can't wear my button or I can't wear my shirt if nobody else can. Well, I'm going to wear my shirt anyway. I don't care what they think. Well, that's not really being fair and it's not being lawful. But on the other hand, we are compelled by the word of God to stay within the laws of the land. And I believe that we need to do that. Now, I realize right now there's a lot of confusion on which laws we follow because the Constitution and Bill of Rights say one thing and we got a kind of a kooky thing going on, which that kind of doesn't seem to mean anything anymore. Well, I'll have to wait and see how that shakes out down the road. But right now, what I'm saying is I believe that as we look at this, he is giving great advice. He goes, look, if you got an issue, then you need to take it up a lawful way, not in a mob setting. So, case in point, don't let a mob scare you from doing what God's called you to do. Paul stood up, or excuse, well, excuse me, not Paul, his companions stood up, and they uh, were there. God gave this, this um, uh, court uh, appointee wisdom to be able to explain and to calm the crowd down. Verse 40, For we are in danger today of being called in question for today's uproar. There being no reason for what we may give to an account for this disorderly gathering. So now what's really amazing is this guy is actually rebuking Demetrius and his his silversmith union gang saying, if we get called into question on this, why this went on, you guys are the ones breaking the law, not them. Wow, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? So laws, friends, can protect us. We just need to know what they are. So we need to be aware of our surroundings. And I believe this is really important. And uh, thank God for this guy. We don't know that he was any kind of a believer or not, but he maybe was aware of Paul's ministry. And maybe he wasn't a believer, but he certainly didn't go after him because he allowed the law to prevail. Verse 41. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. Let's go to verse uh, 1 of chapter 20. Same story. After the uproar had ceased... 
Paul called the disciples to him, embraced them, and departed to go to Macedonia. Now, this is uh, really uh, neat because see the power of God here deliver the Christians from a very, very tough situation that could have been very, very bad. Um, being they were already breaking the law, they could have clubbed them, murdered them, whatever. God intervened. And we do know that through the Bible at different places, uh, many times people who love God are persecuted for their faith. And so Paul now embraces them, blesses them, and now he's on his way again. Now, when he had gone over that region and encouraged them with many words, he came to Greece. What I see here in Paul is a really important thing. And, and we see uh, the power of God in the early church, as we mentioned. This is kind of what we focus on in our study in the book of Acts. But one of the things you see is God's Holy Spirit that motivates um, a believer into being constantly uh, on the go, teaching, preaching, establishing uh, churches and works. I believe that's such an important part of Christianity. And so it says, after he had encouraged them, then he came to Greece, uh, stayed there three months. And when the Jews plotted against him as he was about to sail to Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. Now, uh, so he kind of went back the same way he came when he heard there was a plot to get him. Uh, you say, why is that important? Well, because I do believe in the provision and the protection of God. Absolutely. I know that without that, none of us would survive. But I also know that when you find out something that God reveals to you, a plot or something like that, we don't just say, well, I don't care. I'm going to walk right, right into it. Uh, Paul didn't do that. And so using all the resource, using all the understanding that we have, praying and getting God's balance in these things is what leads us to a balanced Christian life. Now, I've seen people as Christians sometimes become very imbalanced in that, A, they believe that God can do anything and everything, and they don't need to do nothing, or they believe that God can't do anything and won't do anything, and they have to do everything. Somebody asked the question one time, well, then how much do you do and how much does God do? Well, I wish there was a simplistic answer. I once believed, well, God does everything you don't do. But that's not exactly a truthful answer either. Because in the case of Noah, he built the whole ark. And I'm sure it got tiresome after 100 years of building that and probably the ridicule from all the local town people come out asking me if it's going to be a new casino or something. And, and yet at the same time, we find Elijah, as we did last Sunday night, as we're studying in First Kings, where the birds came and brought him his food and he drank from a brook. And, and, and so uh, they just delivered his food two times a day. Talk about dial-up, call-up service. He got his meal delivered by the birds two times a day, which, by the way, is out of the nature of birds to do that. What is the nature of birds? To eat it, not to deliver it. And so they delivered his food to him. Now, the point is this. How much do you do and how much does God do? Prayer tells us that answer. And I believe that when God revealed to Paul that there was a plot on his life, rather than tempting it, he said, okay, I'll return back the other way. I believe what Paul did was saw God's not fear in that somebody's trying to kill me, but God's direction saying, 
You ought to go back to Macedonia. Well, you just came from, you see, you came from Macedonia down to Greece. Now you're going to go from Greece back to Macedonia again. Okay. Rather than look at oftentimes obstacles in our life and that, ooh, the devil's trying to get me, rather say, wow, God is now directing me. And if God directs me with a, with a threat, so be it. See, understanding a little bit more of how God directs us helps us a little better in understanding what we should expect when we pray. See, again, a lot of times when we pray, well, God, you know, if you want me to go here, want me to go there, I want you to have somebody rent me a, 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 a Hertz rent-a-car and red and with air conditioning, and I want you to have them deliver it to my front door and, and full of gas, and then I'll get in it and then I'll drive off. Thank you very much. Where God may have a completely different way of getting you where he wants you to be. But when we pray, we oftentimes think, I'm coming to God with a preconceived idea how he's going to meet my need. Where God, in the other hand, when we pray, God reveals to Paul there's a death threat on his life. And so rather than tempting faith, he realizes that's God's telling me to go a different way. So he goes back to Macedonia, where he just came from. How do you lose with God? The devil's always trying to get me. Really? Or is it God's always trying to direct you? Well, he tells us. So Sophia, Abrea, accompanying him to Asia, also Archistarchus and Segundus of the Thessalonians, and Gaius of Derby, and Timothy, and Tychius, and Trahambolus of Asia. All these men going ahead waited for us at Troas. Wow, he's got a gang with him. Now, friends, this kind of changes the picture a little bit because he has all these guys with him now that may not have been with him had he went the other way. So you see, God's hand is not limited by the devil's attacks on our life. You might say, well, uh, I could get something done for the kingdom of God if it wasn't for these continued attacks of the devil. Yeah. Did you ever think that maybe God just uses that to direct us? See, the devil would like to stop us dead in our tracks, period. But you know what? Where one door closes, another one opens. And if that one closes, then that's a good way to know where God wants us to go. So never say that, well, that God stopped, uh, the, that the devil stopped my ministry. No, the devil didn't stop your ministry. You, you chose to let it stop. God just simply said it's time to change direction a little bit here. It's okay. You can do that. And we see this where a threat came and it simply just redirected Paul's life. Lessons learned. When I pray, Okay, God, today's your day. You direct it. Open, close the doors according to your will. God closes some doors, and I don't like that. I think the devil's interfering. Who's more powerful, God or, God or the devil? God is. So even what the devil would purpose for your harm, God's going to make it for your good. And so how do you lose? You see, you can't lose with God. Now, Our trials that we go through want to challenge that mentality. Well, you know, you lost your job or this or that, and if God really loved you, why would this happen? I don't know. Maybe God wants me to move somewhere else. 
I don't know, maybe God's got a different place of employment where I'm going to go as a noisy little sunbeam and shine all day. Maybe God wants me to do something completely, completely different. So remember, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Let's pray. Father, tonight, thank you for your love. And thank you for your word. And we thank you, God, that what oftentimes this world purposes and the enemy purposes for our harm, you make it good. So we always win in you. Cause us to remember, God, we are in a win-win situation. To live as you. That's not what we're about. Always remind us, God, to die is gain. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.